There are only so many places left for peace. When the sun goes down, the sand gets softer. When I go walking, I try to find something that I believe could exist here, whatever that might be. I look for myself in parts of the landscape that have a better memory than me. What happened here remains, kept like change that became too heavy to carry. Whatever we abandon eventually becomes a savior. In the beginning, it was all merely dirt. A shore was created for some kind of community. They built the beach to touch the water. The sun will dye the bay pink so we can know what it's like to swim in the sky. A daughter chases her father through the swing set with a smile so big it spreads from her face to mine. Teenagers float by the fountain, secluded enough that I can't see them touched, but visible enough for me to remember 17. If I could go anywhere else, it would be to the roads that lead me back here. Hello, and welcome to Struggle in the Suburbs a podcast that looks at how socialism and leftist politics are defined and experienced in our small cities, towns, and suburbs. I'm your host, Michael Spears. Politics is about reaching people at an emotional level. Good politics is about finding that spark, that inspiration, that life force, and bringing it to the surface. Art does this as well. It moves us. It pushes us. Its beauty makes us imagine a better world and, hopefully, ignites that special something in us that makes us want to build that world. Victoria Butler is an artist who understands this. Like many artists these days, she's stepped up to share her poetry through social media as we all physically distance ourselves from other people. At just 23 years old, she's the Poet Laureate of Barrie and Editor-in-Chief the Northern Appeal Literary Journal. She's also curated art exhibitions, and she published her debut chapbook, Old Prayers, this past August. I'm very pleased and very humbled to welcome her to Struggle in the Suburbs. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So I think we'll just get started um, by, I just want to ask you how you got into uh, writing uh, in the first place. Um, so I've been writing most of my life. Uh, when I was a kid, I didn't have a ton of friends. Um, so to, I guess to deal with that, I would make up all these like big crazy stories. Um, but I would always spend like hours like plotting out sort of like all these crazy fantasy worlds and like all these characters and I would draw the characters and I would go so far as to like like I don't know plan the soundtracks that would they would use for the movie adaption that they would make from these crazy novels that this 12 year old was writing <laughs> um but I found that to be like a little bit tough like to carry through so I would always plan these like big elaborate novels out and then I would just sort of give up on them so when I was like 13 I think I had to do a poetry project in grade eight where it's like one of those ones where you have to write like a haiku and a sonnet, um, like all those different styles. Um, And that was when I sort of found the art of writing poetry. And I found it like a lot easier for me to like a lot more succinct. Like I could 
get a lot of thoughts and ideas down but not have to write like 300 pages which was good so basically I got into poetry because I'm lazy but (laughs) um, (laughs) but yeah I I don't know I think I, I used it as sort of like a friend as like kind of sad as that sounds but it was I always found that like writing was always there for me um when and I could make up all these like communities and worlds and the page was never there to like judge me and it was always there for me so yeah I guess that's how I got into it and I haven't really stopped since so you started um like you started writing before you started reading poetry is that fair yeah I mean I wasn't reading yeah, I definitely was not reading poetry at like 13. I was listening to like Taylor Swift at 13, yeah. which may- <laughs> which is, is poetry in and of itself, I guess, like song lyrics. But um, but yeah, definitely I was writing it before I sort of understood the more about what it was. Now, how has your uh, how your life experiences, how have they influenced uh, your art? Um. Well, when I started out, it was mostly just, like, I would write to, like, cry about boys, I guess, again, being 13. Um, But as I got older, like, I always found it was a way to sort of, like, deal with whatever I was going through emotionally. Um, All throughout high school, I wrote a lot. Um, So I found that just basically whatever I'm sort of is happening in the moment, I find really impacts my work. So you can sort of see... Um, If you go back and, like, read my, like, older stuff, which is no one can ever read because I probably burned it all, (laughs) Um, you can sort of see, like, the evolution of, like, what I was going through at different points of my life. Um, But as I've gotten older and as I, now that I'm the Poet Laureate, uh, I've tried to make it more so, like, I've realized that there's more outside, like, the little bubble of my emotional world. (laughs) And I've started to write more, I guess, like political stuff. So it's become more, my personal experience is sort of mixed with what I'm sort of observing around me. So do, you, so do you think you, you know, has your poetry kind of evolved to where you're, um, where before you may have been speaking for yourself? Are you think, do you think now you kind of try to um, speak for others in your, in kind of in your poets? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually find it really helpful to get prompts from other people. So like I've actually, I did a show with my friend Carrie a few years ago where she wrote down like her experiences with this particular issue. And I wrote poems like based off of those journal entries. And I find that really, really interesting and like really cool to try and like get into someone else's head. And to speak for more than just myself, um, because I think it's sort of a waste to use your voice just to only communicate what you think. I think you need to sort of, if you have a voice and a platform, you need to be using it to project other voices as well, even if it is through your own voice. Right. And the world provides uh, like pretty much infinite um, kind of inspiration. eh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now it's a little bit, you think right now it would be like oodles of inspiration, but it's actually a very difficult time to write. Like we have a lot of, a lot more time, but it's, and like so much, I guess, content to be working with and speaking about, but it's, I think it's a hard time for, for art, artists and writers right now to be creating in any sort of way. 
Yeah, I was kind of, I was thinking about that this morning. Um, and I was kind of wondering if, if, you know, being kind of isolated, being stuck uh, in your home, um, you know, if it would kind of work almost like an incubator almost for people, um, uh, you know, they're almost, they're almost forced uh, to, to do something. And, uh, you know, you can obviously speak to that better than I can about how whether when you're forced to do something, if that actually produces good art or not. But, uh, um, you know, you see, you see things about people starting to paint and they're picking up their guitars and they're learning to play the banjo and all that stuff. So um, I guess for some people, what we're dealing with right now can, can kind of inspire people. Eh? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I started learning how to play the ukulele, <laughs> which is kind of fun, but it is, it is harder, I think, to, like, I work really well with a deadline, but also I absolutely hate deadlines because I will put something off, like, as long as I possibly can. And then, at, like, three hours before I need to have it done, it's like, well, where am I going to get this inspiration in, like, three hours? So it's it's harder to write, I think, too, just because the expectation is there on yourself. Like, the first week I wrote a lot. And then the last two weeks, I've just been sort of like, nothing's really been coming out just because it's so like, you just feel this sort of, it's just, it's, it's a difficult time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's easier to consume art right now, I think, than it is to, to create. Yeah. And I think what you, like, um, what you've been doing uh, through social media, um by sharing some poetry and I know there's other people I've seen have started sharing poetry as well. I think it, you know, to me that, that can kind of infuse a bit of hope into the situation. Mm -hmm. is, that, is, is that what you see as well? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I knew I wanted to do something um, with national cause April's national poetry month. And I wanted to do like, like last year I released a bunch of different poems like every week for the entire month of April. And this year I wanted to do something similar, but I just, I just didn't have it in me. So I thought, well, why don't I just do something to sort of like lighten up people's Facebook feeds? Um, and I find I find it's really nice hearing people read poetry. Like I started doing it because I saw Patrick Stewart is reading a Shakespeare sonnet every day until the pandemic is over. And there's nothing more comforting in the entire world than listening to Patrick Stewart read a Shakespearean yeah. sonnet. So I, thought, I mean, I'm not Patrick Stewart, but I thought I would read something different every day just so that when you're scrolling through endless articles about like financial distress and climbing COVID rates, you have a little glimmer of hope and just like something comforting. You're a, a big Bruce Springsteen fan, I understand. <laughs> yes, I am. So, and of, of course, he's, uh, um, you know, he's very can be very political he's very active in terms of um uh advocating for uh for working class people and vulnerable people things like that so um you know do you think it's important for the artist to be uh to be an activist and and how does that really come about um yeah i definitely definitely think so i mean not all artists are gonna end up being activists um but i think that artists are sort of like the masters of making you feel and they're the masters of making you well not the masters but they're they're very good at making you aware of experiences that you don't have um 
So, like, for example, if you were some, like, rich person, you listened to a Bruce Springsteen song and you heard all these, like, struggle for the working class might make you a little bit more like, oh, what's this? What's what's going on? It might make you a little bit more aware of an experience that you don't share. Um, But I think in terms of, like, activism, particularly grassroots movements, you need artists um, because they're a way to unite people in a in a like art is a way to unite people in a way that just sort of like talking at a podium um doesn't accomplish like it's like anytime you go it's like the the bernie sanders campaign um there was like a different like indie artist different like there were different musicians performing at all these different rallies that he had across like all genres and it was a way to unite people. And it's a sort of, it sort of opens that door of like, well, I like this musician and you like this musician. And if you unite in that sort of way, it can be sort of like a gateway to lead you to talk about something that might not be as accessible, like politics. Politics can be so polarizing and dividing, but if you can unite over something that you both care about and you both love, like music, um, it might help other people join movements and make them a little bit more aware of things outside of like their usual scope of vision. Yeah. And people, people turn off politicians when as soon as a politician starts talking, people are like, Oh God, here we go again. But yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, if, if somebody popular is talking about something, like you said, it kind of triggers something uh, and kind of hopefully it gets people thinking um, uh, about things. You know, you were mentioning Taylor Swift kind of jokingly, but, um, you know, I guess to a lot of people, her writing is, is important. It, you know, it's probably makes people cry sometimes when, oh, they're, when they're thinking about, you know, when, when they think about things. And, uh, you know, the, like just recently we had Britney Spears basically calling for a revolution on, yeah. on, oh on Twitter, <laughs> stuff like that. So there's like there's possibilities there. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and if you see someone that you look up to being like, hey, I endorse this movement endorses politician it's going to make you more like oh this person i look up to so much and admire and whose work has meant so much to me they're saying all these positive things about this person well maybe i'm going to look into like what this person stands for and it's a different way for people to get involved now you you mentioned about uh, different issues like the climate and obviously what we're doing now and we're going through now with the coronavirus and uh things like that so from an issues point of view um you know, are you inspired by kind of the uh, the problems and the solutions that we see? You know, you know something like the climate crisis we're going through. Um, obviously, it's difficult to to kind of imagine what might happen if we don't do anything. Um, but is it, is that something that could inspire you, or uh, you know, a similar issue like that? The past year, I've sort of taken like a big look at my writing and my voice and had to start asking myself some questions about what kind of writer I want to be and what route I want to take. And if I do want to open my voice to things that are just outside of, like I mentioned earlier, just outside of my sort of little bubble. Um, So I definitely think it is something I want to be writing about and looking at and reading about. Um, But I think I honestly get scared and want to dig my head in the sand and not think about it as irresponsible as that is um but yeah I don't if that makes sense (laughs) yeah like um it's it's hard for everybody uh you know sometimes I think we we think that you know 
artists and writers can kind of can kind of speak to 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 anything uh at any time mm-hmm. um but like you said it's it's you know some of these big weighty issues that we have to deal with these days get you down and i imagine it's not it's not easy you don't you know we we expect you to write about it but you know there's there's nothing wrong with not writing about it yeah and i think it's not that i haven't it's just something that like yeah it's being an artist there is this like expectation almost yeah that just you're gonna use your voice to speak about something or write about something and I wish that was true but I am yeah I'm a scared human (laughs) just as much as the rest of us and I also feel like maybe I I get really bad imposter syndrome thinking that maybe I'm not the right voice to speak about this issue which I don't think is necessarily true objectively but I think I get really bogged down with that idea um and think I think maybe it's a a women what being a a woman a female writer as well you get sort of pigeonholed into this idea that like all your writing is sort of about love and relationships um so to sort of explore anything outside of that can feel like a little bit like you're not welcome um which again objectively I can see that isn't true but as a person going through this world those sort of outside forces can really really drag you down and make you feel like you don't have a right to speak about something now just kind of changing gears a little bit um you know we hear governments these days you know including our own here in ontario uh, you know, talking more and more about getting back to the basics when it comes to education. Um, so for me, what I'm hearing when they're saying that is that the arts uh, just aren't as important, that they're not uh, fundamental to a good education. Um, of course, we've seen art programs in our schools cut back quite a bit over the years. Um, do you worry that art will one day be kind of taken out uh, of the classroom and not considered part of a well-rounded education anymore? I worry about that a lot. Um, that was something that really bothered me in high school was that they were always like, I would take art classes or any of my friends that would take art classes, people would always just say, why? Like they would immediately question why you're taking an art class instead of like a science course. And the reasoning was always like, well, what are you going to do with an art degree? Um, there was no way, like, I, I think that all, th- all throughout high school, the goal is to get you your credits and then get you into university and get you into a degree where you can then go get a job. There's no focus on, like, what your actual passions are, what you enjoy. Um, like, I took science classes in high school, and I hated science. Like, so it was the bane of my existence, but I took it because, like, I was under the impression that it was a necessity to get a job. Um, And I always found it was really, really frustrating um, being like an art kid because you were just constantly being told programs were being cut. Like we used to have a um, a kiln room, like a room with like a like a kiln, and then uh, we had a dark room as well. And they got rid of both of those because like the football team needed more funding or something, which I Mm -hmm. 
raged about for days. Um, but something, I was in Ottawa last year at a sort of poet laureate convention. And one of the poets there told me, I was talking to her about this and being like, how do you sort of make your like plight as an artist in a world where like you don't, like you can't make a lot of money doing what you love. And she told me like, well, capitalism doesn't want you to be a poet. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me since then, like probably every day. It's like the first thing I think of when I wake up now and when I'm writing, because it's true in, in high school, in the school curriculum, like they don't want kids to turn out to be artists and poets. They want them to like just be little cogs in the machine and go through and get your credits and get your degree and go be a member of society. So, and they don't think that so the like the more that we're cutting it's just because they don't see it as like something valuable or something important and it's not just in schools like they did that to the city of Barrie just like completely dissolved the creative economy department last fall um, like we don't have a creative and cultural department anymore because they didn't really well they said the reasoning was to realign the structure to better suit the needs of the organization Mm-hmm. of the city but talking to people in charge they had absolutely no idea what the creative economy department did um even though they've been a department for years and years and years they just didn't seem and see any sort of real value um because it wasn't adding to like easily quantifiable i guess structure and like there wasn't like a clear-cut formula of like oh this is what this department does and this is how this department makes money it's like this department adds joy and heart to our city, but they just didn't really see that. Um, so yeah, I worry about this a lot. <laughs> so how do we? How do you like? How do we change people's minds? Like, how do we? You know, it seems like a huge thing to kind of, you know, to reach into the heart of Doug Ford and tell him, uh, um, you know, that art's important. But like, how do we? Do we start small? Do we like? How do we? How do we change hearts and minds here? We have to make art available for everybody. And that can be really difficult because most people's idea of art and writing is that it's for a specific person who you go to a gallery and you pay like $35.99 to go stare at a painting that you don't understand. And you just sort of feel stupid when you leave because you don't understand and like you it's this idea that like artwork is art is pretentious and art is not for you. Art is for absolutely everybody. People just don't know that it's for them or that they want it or that they're allowed to want it or they're allowed to engage with it because there's so much of like us versus them in the art community. So I think it's making things and like showing things to people that aren't, that are, I don't want to say easy to understand because that makes it sound like art is difficult to understand but like it's for example whenever I let someone like read one of my poems um, people are usually pretty like against it they're like oh I, I'm not a good person to read this poem because like I don't I don't understand poetry and it's like no I want you to read it because you're going to actually give me an honest opinion of like whether or not you get anything out of this or whether or not you feel anything from this whereas like someone who's like studied poetry for 30 years is gonna give me a bunch of like 
particular like structural critiques and it's like I mean that's great too obviously want those but it's important for people to realize that like you don't have to be um like you don't have to be this arts prodigy to be able to engage with this stuff and to be able to read poetry and like go to galleries and and like art isn't just that sort of wrote like that that sort of stuff either like it's in music it's in like murals and like books like netflix tv shows movies like it's everywhere and like i think it's making people aware of like what exactly it is and how like it affects you and how you need it So, Victoria, how do we ensure that uh, our need for art and culture, um, you know, a lot like our physical and spiritual needs, uh, how do we make sure that that need is taken care of in our society? Um, I think it's a matter of making it a priority and making it, like I said earlier, like something that you are allowed to pursue and take part in. It's sort of like, exercise where like you think oh well I could never run a marathon because like the idea of like because you start running immediately and like you your knees get really sore and you get out of breath because you just started running blindly and you'll immediately give up on that but if you start maybe but if you realize that like running is just not for you and you prefer to do yoga then there you go that's like a it's the same sort of thing with art you might like absolutely hate going into a gallery and looking at paintings like that just might make your skin crawl and that's fine you don't have to do that but you might really really enjoy going to see like improv shows or going to see live music it's a matter of like seeing all these sort of outlets as artwork as art and not just like and seeing them as a sort of priority um if that makes sense at all. Um, but it's, it doesn't need to be seen as something that is just for a specific type of person. Like you can see it as this is something for everyone and everyone's welcome to engage in the arts because we do need it. Um, it's a way to, it's a way to keep ourselves like in tune with empathy, with emotion, with other things, other people's experiences. Um, I've always said that it's sort of, it allows us to engage with parts of ourselves that we're afraid of or have been told our whole lives that we can't, we should like shun or not engage with. Um, in terms of like concrete steps of what you can do, I guess, like to have those arts and culture needs taken care of. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's sim as simple as like listening to music that you really like or like picking up a book you wouldn't normally read something like that even just going out and like looking around your community like there's I mean not in Barrie as much <laughs> um, but lots of places like there's murals there's like um, sculpture there's things like that that sort of just give us a a glimpse of like something bigger than ourselves. So can art then be kind of a gateway to, um, to kind of 
I'm not gonna, I don't want to say taking life more seriously because I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's the right thing to to say. Everyone kind of views life in a different way and that's okay. Um, but is it is it yeah, can it be kind of a, a springboard for a, a young person that maybe um, is kind of just going through the motions of life and isn't isn't really looking at how their actions are affecting people then um, you know can art kind of kind of you know if their favorite song uh, can, can that help? kind of be a springboard to to kind of what I was just you know looking at life differently yeah definitely I mean like think of how many like stories of like musicians who were like on a rough path and were going down some like dark horrible road and then they found like guitar they found music and it completely like changed their world and I'm not saying that like you have to suddenly become like uh, rock and roll star <laughs> to engage with artwork in any way but it is like the amount of times that I have found like a piece of poetry or read read a book or like seen a movie or seen um, like a live show and it's just given me this sort of like this sort of nourishment I guess for this hunger that I have for something greater than myself um bigger than myself and also knowing that I'm not alone in another way like I think art is really helpful for people um like when you read something or you see something that you can relate to or that you understand on a very deep level it's like when you like the amount of times that I read something and it's like oh I've thought or felt that my entire life and suddenly I'm seeing it spelled out before me in like two sentences it can just give you that sort of relief that like oh I'm a human other people are humans we're all going through these similar motions and like and it's okay it like gives you permission to feel um which I think nowadays like people are just very desperate to not feel, um, which I don't blame them feeling really sucks sometimes, <laughs> but like um, art is sort of like a safe space that allows you, like tells you that it's okay and it welcomes you. Now, you know, I look at the world and, um, you know, I sometimes I'm very pessimistic, um, but I know uh, personally, if, if I want to be kind of a vehicle for change and to kind of create that better world, that I need to be a bit more optimistic, uh, at least more hopeful. Um, you know, as, as a writer, as an artist, uh, how hard is it to be optimistic about the future? Or, or, is it, uh, or is it easy? I don't know. Oh, my God. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so, it's very, very difficult to be optimistic sometimes um especially right now um but I don't think but it's not constant like it's not like a constant dread of like oh as an artist I'm laying here in my black turtleneck like just hating the world and being a nihilist and like looking at my like Nietzsche collection (laughs) like we I don't necessarily do that all the time but I find that it is really difficult, but there are moments where it is the easiest thing in the world. And those are the moments that I cling to. And those are the moments that I write about and reflect on. And it doesn't have to be some like big, crazy world event. Like it can just be 
Like the last time I saw two of my best friends, we were just like all laying in my bed and listening to a big thief song together. It just quietly for three minutes. And I think about that every day. And when I'm feeling like this is a really difficult time and um, like, I don't know when this is going to get better and I don't know when politics are going to get better and all of these like dark clouds sort of come rolling in it's little things like that that I remember and hold on to and that's what keeps me going and that's what inspires a lot of my work as well up on the porch I watch as the parking lot empties out Now that I am alone up here, I wonder what is appropriate to miss. Some online presence tells me to be wary of the normals I seek to return to. Little pieces of an old life seep through these bruised purple knuckles, and I curse myself for my drama. I drag my body through glass, not understanding punishment is not the same as letting go. The moon comes out, and me and my stubborn silence have nothing to say. But still, I sit in her company until the night gets cold. My sincere thanks to Victoria Butler for joining me on Struggle in the Suburbs, and to you for listening. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please send me an email. The address is in the show description. Take care out there, everyone. Support workers, stay safe, share your love, and keep on fighting for a better world.